0: Go ahead and take the speed up your number one now. Runway 273 like Land Green Dot. Welcome not, got Hello and welcome to a very special episode of EAA's The Green Dot, our podcast for anybody and everybody who loves aviation. My name's Hal Bryan, and I'm senior editor here at EAA. And normally I'm joined by Chris Henry and Tom Charpentier, and complicated and strange things have kept them from us today. So uh, we're bringing back somebody who's been on the show before, and he's been mentioned on the show probably more times than he'd like. But uh, I'm pleased to uh, to welcome the man I call Mac Dixon, private investigator. Mac, yeah. what's your what's your real job? I am the senior
1: government advocacy specialist here. Yeah, today. Mac yeah.
0: Dixon, private eye just sounds better. It does. It really it does, does just sound better. So, Mac, t- give us a little bit of background on who our, uh, our guests are going to be today.
1: Sure. Uh, well, with us we have... The winners of this year's Founders Innovation Prize, uh, Thomas Barron and Justin Zhu, are with us today. But that is two out of the three uh, that made up the team uh, that were the winners of uh, the Founders Innovation Prize this year. The other is uh, Max Lord, who couldn't be with us today. But we th- we thought we'd settle for two out of the three. But they're all <laughs> they're all uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, high school students, which is a, a first. Uh, it, it's only the Founders Innovation Prize's second year and it's it's a first to have um, high school students win and a team to win. Um, so
0: it's uh, we're excited. That's excellent. Well, uh, Thomas and Justin, welcome, guys.
2: Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank
0: you. Uh, it's our pleasure. So, uh, Mac, tell us just a little bit more as we get going here about the Founders Innovation Prize. You said this is the second year we've done this. Uh, that was, uh, of course, the summer of 2017 was mm-hmm. the second time. And what else? Uh, what's, the, what's the goal of the, the prize?
1: Well, we started the, the Founders Innovation Prize uh, to address a problem. Uh, and it's, it's the problem that a lot of organizations out there Uh, both government and industry are trying to tackle, and that's in-flight loss of control. We know that about 40% of general aviation accidents, uh, not just experimental accidents, are caused, or or at least are in the category of in-flight loss of control. And and they're extremely dangerous and and are fatal most of the time. And and we see it as a huge issue. We see it as a difficult issue to solve because uh, a lot of different things could be a mitigating factor, such as training, technology in the cockpit, uh, any number of things could help reduce that rate. So we created the Founders Innovation Prize to go to EAA members, draw upon their innovative spirit, and say, we give the challenge to you, now come to us with your most innovative solutions to loss control. And that's the basic idea behind it. And uh, the first year, we had a great solution that uh, put uh, air data right in front of the pilot uh, on a on a tablet computer or a or a phone and made it very intuitive uh, and this past year uh, also a very innovative solution from uh, these gentlemen which I'll have them go over Uh, so we plan to carry it forward and, and hopefully in 2020 uh, we plan to do a grand championship uh, with with even more prize money, and uh, it'll it will bring back the the winners of of the previous years, and and hopefully uh, we'll get some some actual implementation and and some maturity from their solutions as a result.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, before we uh, yeah, before we get into um, uh, what the the winners' uh, design actually was and those benefits, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Justin uh, Thomas whichever one of you wants to go first um give us a little bit of background on uh, on you guys how did you get into aviation first of all
3: um so Thomas's family actually sells um the Shark which is a light sport aircraft that's manufactured in Slovakia oh sure um and they got they began doing that somewhere around i want to say maybe May of 2016 and uh, when they got it, they took me out for took me out flying, and that was how I really got my first, you know, inroad into aviation. And Thomas, you know, has always really been into aviation since his dad is a retired Navy pilot, so he's been flying, you know, drones and aircraft basically all his life. And both of us, plus Max, met each other in high school uh, at a local STEM magnet school called Thomas Jefferson High School.
1: By the way, I, I should—I don't mean to interrupt you, Justin—but I uh, should note that that is the number one. I, th- I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but the U.S. News and World Report number one ranked high school in the country. So I just wanted to say that depends <laughs> on the ranking. Okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, don't be humble. Don't be humble. <laughs> it depends.
0: Come on, guys. But like the Beach boy said, be true to your school. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's really something. That's really impressive. So, uh, thank you. Um, and do you guys uh, do you fly yourselves?
2: Yeah. So. Uh, on the weekends, my dad and I go flying pretty much, pretty much every Saturday. And depending on how much work Justin has, he, com- he comes with as well. Wow, that's great. Uh, we're both working on our uh, private pilot's license though. So. Ah, terrific, good for you guys. That's really,
0: really, really good to hear. So what is it, uh, what is it that draws you to flying? I know, uh, Thomas, you've, you've been in your whole life and uh, Justin's been involved ever since he was a kid about a year ago, I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, <laughs> way, way back in May of uh, 2016. What for either one of you? What is it about uh, What is it about aviation that uh, that you like or that that uh, that pulls you in?
2: Well, I mean, it's it pretty easy for me because uh, you know aviation since I was born, it was a big part of my life. Actually, before my parents got married, my mom was yeah, worked for British Airways, and you know, she always said that she wanted to marry a jet pilot, or at least that's the that's the joke in the family. And she had to settle for a helicopter pilot but um <laughs> wow man. but we're gonna get a lot of yeah we yeah, a- <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i mean when when i you know from the day i was born airplanes were always around me it was and um i think when we it really started to get going when i moved uh when we moved from japan to norway and my dad had to take a break from being a pilot and he was he was uh serving you know outside of the cockpit And, um, he liked to substitute that. We, uh, we got uh, remote control airplanes from my dad. And, um, that was something that we could do feasibly, uh, together. And so when my dad was home, we would be flying pretty much all the time, every day after school, uh, the drones. And, um, yeah, and then it kind of continued, uh, in San Diego and we got into not just airplanes or like, not just, uh, you know, like airplane drones, but also quadcopters and then when we came to, to washington dc and my dad retired from the navy uh, he decided that you know it was either his midlife crisis was either going to be a a car or a or an airplane and he decided to get the shark so
0: he chose wisely yeah yeah he absolutely. did it, absolutely so uh, so justin you know you've come into this uh, come into this later and it wasn't something you grew up around or was was immersed in Thomas's background, other than all the exotic places you've lived, mm-hmm. similar to mine, i have been involved in aviation since I was born. But um, but, but, Justin, you you went for an airplane ride. And what was it about that that, uh, that got you interested and excited?
3: It was honestly just really fun, um, especially flying around in the shark. It's very different from like a Cessna in that you sort of climbing from the top, sort of like a so like a fighter jet compared to like the doors on the side of the Cessna. Right. And I had a lot of fun like learning how to fly it. Um, Thomas' dad took me around a lot, gave me a bunch of like pointers. Um, and I've been I've been hooked ever since, you know. Oh, that's excellent. So,
1: now that we have your background and and how you guys got into aviation, how did you guys use that interest in aviation to? Become inspired to create this
2: system that could reduce loss of control accidents Uh, So pretty much every day when we when we go flying uh, before doing anything long distance uh, My dad always wants to do pattern flying because he thinks that every good pilot can fly a really solid pattern really consistent pattern So when I first started I wasn't really great about you know holding the correct altitude or holding the correct airspeed so uh, you know, pretty much all I can remember from the first days of flying is like my dad just telling me like airspeed, airspeed, airspeed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I realized the core difference between besides being actually in the airplane. I realized the, the core difference between flying, in a, flying the drone and flying the airplane was that um, the, the information like airspeed and uh, altitude was always displayed to the pilot uh, when you're in a drone because it's like on the screen in first person view. But in an airplane, you always got to check back at the at the avionics panel to like to figure out what your airspeed is. And after watching a couple of videos of myself flying the airplane, I realized that I was looking at the airport when I was making my uh, downwind to base and base to final turns, and then looking back at the panel. And I thought, you know, that's that's real inefficient. You know, why can't we do something better than that? So head-mounted displays came to us primarily as a quality of flight improvement. And then, as we did more research, we realized that uh, because so many accidents happen while pilots are turning and at low air speeds, uh, maybe this would also be a great safety feature.
0: Well, so that leads us nicely to the the next question: Is can you uh, can you describe? And again, you know, we are an audio only uh, podcast here. You we, listeners have to sort of visualize this, although they can uh, they can go to. Uh, our website and, uh, and and find out a lot of information about it. But you describe the Remora system and uh, sort of what the components are and, and uh, roughly how it works.
3: Right. Um, so the Remora system basically has two major parts. Uh, first of all, we've built a sort of sensor pod that uh, contains two uh, airspeed sensors uh, so that we can measure angle of attack as well. Um, and we mount that under the wing of the shark um, and Historically, we've done it by uh, clamping the sensor pod, which is about the size of like maybe a football, but thinner. And it's uh, we 3D printed it at our school. Uh, and we clamped that onto tie-down rings underneath the shark. Um, but some recent iterations that we've been working on have gotten a lot smaller. So now um, it's sort of closer to maybe the size of a tennis ball or something. and um, And we're looking into ways that we can basically... Adhere the pod to the underside of the wing without damaging the wing in any way for trying to get it off Uh, So that way we can sort of apply it to a larger gamut of planes, you know, because not all Not all tie down points are exactly like optimal places for finding airspeed Sure Also, not all of them are at the correct angle that we want them to be at so sort of adhesive would be a more universal solution for us and the second part um, is the head mounted display and basically what happens is when the sensor pod reads your airspeed and your angle of attack, it takes those two measurements and transmits them over Bluetooth to the display. And it's sort, you can sort of imagine it as like a Google Glass, but, um, but opaque, so you can't really see through it. And it sits sort of in the corner of your vision, and you're basically always aware of your uh, airspeed and angle of attack that way.
0: So how was the, uh, the sensor pod
3: powered? There's an internal battery inside. Okay. Um, and there's like a micro USB that you can just plug in and charge it with.
0: So you just take it off the airplane when you're done and charge Very it up cool. and then put it back on there. That's- yep.
2: Yeah. And, and the reason for that was we wanted to create something. One of the criteria for success for us was we wanted to make a system that was, uh, had no impact on the design of the airplane. So we were throwing around ideas of having the airplane battery power it, but that was kind of against the philosophy of being able to just put it on your airplane and there's not much required other than just gluing it on or tying it on.
0: So I, I need to preface this by, by bragging a little and telling you guys I'm, I'm very smart. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I've been hearing that my whole life. Um, I was in, uh, in, you know, some of the sort of the special, the gifted classes and things uh, when I was in, in elementary school. But when I was in high school, I made a lamp in wood shop. That's like, that's it. That's that's the only thing I can remember making. How in the world do you guys get to a point where uh, you, you not only have a, a terrific idea, but you you have the wherewithal to start building it and then designing it and making it work? Much less, you know, winning this competition against uh, against so many competitors and in front of such a, a remarkable, you know, panel of judges. I mean, you guys just you're in high school and you show up and you impressed an astronaut among other people, how how do you, how do you get there?
3: Well, I mean, a lot of it started with like the baseline education that we got in school, you know, um, like in our school, when you enter as a freshman, you take a class called design and technology and that class teaches a lot of basic things like how to use, um, like basic CAD programs, how to use like a breadboard and wire up an Arduino and stuff. So that was like basically our, our foundational technical knowledge beforehand. And a lot of the knowledge, like other than that nowadays, you can find on the internet, you know, like um, like our current prototypes are using like a combination of Arduino and Raspberry Pi and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are just hundreds and hundreds of tutorials online. So a lot of it really is just um, Googling and seeing how, uh, how to fix problems until you make it there, you know?
0: This is just so cool for me to hear because uh, I mean kidding aside, I've always been, I've always been a, a, a techie you know, I was using personal computers from the first, basically first moment they were available. Uh, there was an, there was an original version one IBM PC in our house, basically starting the day they came out. And yet, what that technology was capable of, I, I mean, you guys would just—you wouldn't even laugh. You would just cry a little for me, and then turn backs on me and walk away and say that's so that's so pathetic. So to think about. Um, what's exciting about it to me, among many other things, is is not that you guys have the resources and the technology now, you know that uh, that weren't around um, you know, thirty plus years ago when I was your age. It's uh, it's that you're not. It doesn't sound to me like you're taking it for granted. You're you're making use of it. Um, you know, you could just be sitting home, and, and if you're going to make something, maybe you, I don't know, maybe you make a Raspberry Pi powered, you know refrigerator door closer or something <laughs> like that. But instead you guys are really soaking up the knowledge and, uh, and advancing things, pushing things forward. So I, I can't tell you how uh, enough, how impressed I am by it.
2: Thank you. And I think, I think a lot of that has to do with the curriculum that TJ gives us or our school is called TJ. Our school gives us, I think that, um, like the classes that we're able to take um, while they don't exactly pertain to to the system, I think they, the school in general encourages us to sort of push the boundaries of what uh, like a, a high school is supposed to know, I guess.
0: That's great.:
1: So tell us a little about a little bit about what the experience was like, coming to Oshkosh and presenting at the, the judging event and in front of these uh, the, these renowned aviation personalities uh, that you had to convince uh, that the remora system was, was right for the prize.
2: Well, uh, I think the the first thing was when we got. Actually, I was on my way home from work when you when you called me and you told me that you wanted us to to come out to Oshkosh, and I was I was pretty happy that day. And so as soon as I got home, I um we started researching basically um what what the next steps were, and um it was a pretty open ended um I guess prompt like uh the presentation was supposed to be ten minutes and we were supposed to have five minutes of questions. And besides that, uh, I think on purpose, uh, the organizers kept it sort of open-ended. So the first thing we did was email the previous winner and we were expecting like maybe a paragraph or two summarizing what happened, but he gave us, I don't even, I don't even know how long it was, but he gave us diagrams, um, a long explanation of how it worked. And then I think the most helpful thing that he did was he told us that, um, his product or what his invention. People had told him that his uh it was not gonna work out and that it wasn't very good and people didn't like it um but he uh you know he basically told us that we needed to be very you know confident in our product and um and that's so that's what we did, and i think that that really helped us but you know besides that going to Oshkosh, my dad's always wanted to go and we talk about it a lot, but we've never been so Oshkosh itself was just like i mean it's like it's like Disney Disney but like so much better, you know. It's just airplanes, <laughs> and you, you know, you, you get onto the grounds, and there's these helicopters flying around, and there's just thousands of airplanes. All, you know, it's just for especially for I think what was really astounding was seeing how many young people were around. You just knew that everyone that was there was, uh, you know, just getting bit by the bug, you know. So, I mean, just being at Oshkosh was great, and then presenting, um. I guess was intimidating. Our competitors, or the other finalists—I don't even want to say competitors—but the the other finalists were much more qualified than us. I think it was, uh, you know, like an astronaut, a jet pilot, and two university researchers. So, you know, being three high schoolers was was kind of intimidating. But we just took the advice of of Ehab, the you know the previous winner, and just went with it and ran. And yeah, we had a great time. And, and actually, the finalists. I think the most memorable part was actually how, how much of a good time we had with the, with the other finalists. They were all really nice and we still keep in contact. So
0: would you guys both say you, you felt welcome at Oshkosh? Uh,
2: yeah. Very, very welcome. Yeah. I, it was, it was awesome. It was absolutely amazing.
0: <laughs> so uh, how about for you, uh, for you, Justin, any difference in the experience from your point of view?
3: I mean, for me, it was, it was more of like a sensory overload more than anything. Uh, I had only probably heard of Oshkosh maybe like three months beforehand um, because we were thinking actually of going uh, just like recreationally, you know, like not as like competitors or anything. Um, But just landing on like just driving up like we we flew over to like Milwaukee and then we drove up. We saw, you know, just fields and fields of planes like uh, like beside the grounds and it was crazy.
0: That's great. Thomas, would you uh, would you mind? uh breaking my yeah. illusion and letting me know where you work.
2: Oh, so um uh Justin and I also work on this uh on a we're making a satellite together oh uh, for our school. <laughs> you're and, supposed um, to come
0: back and say, "Well, we were selling fries at McDonald's." <laughs> come on, guys. That's and, amazing uh, you're building a
2: satellite. Yes, and we um <laughs> uh we partner with this company called Emergent Space uh, Industry or Space Technologies and uh I was there uh writing um Attitude, determination, and control systems code, which sounds a lot cooler than it really is, but basically I was writing code to uh, basically stabilize a satellite as soon as it it pops out of the rocket. Wow.
0: Outstanding. That is is really remarkable.
2: It it sounds a lot more interesting than it really is. What I was doing really was sitting in a room for eight to nine hours a day, uh, clawing my hair out. (laughs) <laughs> well, But a lot of people your
0: age were saying, do you want fries with that? So <laughs> I think uh, you guys are well ahead of the game. So what are your future plans for
1: the Remora system now? And do you have any other projects in the pipeline?
3: Um, yeah, so basically we're hoping to start a beta come late november december-ish um that's where we think we're going to get the hardware to a point where we can really start testing it see if there are any flaws depending on which model of plane we're testing on Uh, i know we got a lot of interest like a lot even airbus employees were walking to us and saying you know uh, i'd love to try this out uh barry eccleston you know um he lives near us the ceo of airbus and he said that he wanted to try it out Um, so we really want to get this into the hands of like testers as soon as possible. Um, and our steps after that is, uh, with the money that we won from the founders innovation Prize, we want to probably design our own printing circuit board or PCB, um, and maybe get like an injection molding line done, or maybe some advanced 3d printing tech in our, um, that we can start manufacturing the housings with. And if all goes well, we're hoping that maybe, uh, mayish juneish next year maybe we can start selling them wow that's that's great and
1: I, i'm excited to hear all of that and and i i, I, I have to first of all say i i, I missed something earlier you, justin you mentioned airbus and, and they do uh sponsor the founders innovation prize mm-hmm. but but i'll go back and and uh say that selfishly um obviously eaa and and Myself, as as someone who's been heavily involved with this project, wants the Founders Innovation Prize to succeed in in our goals, and that's reducing fatal loss control accidents. And you guys mm-hmm. are on your way to doing that, and taking that money and and uh, and putting it into developing this this project and and this solution uh, to getting it to market. and And I think this is something that that pilots are definitely willing to. To, to try and buy, and
0: uh, I I would definitely try it. That's for sure. Absolutely. I hope you'll consider uh, EAA and, and some of us uh, pilots on staff like Mac, myself, as a, a number of us uh, would love to uh, to help beta test one of these units if we can get one out here. Absolutely. Yeah, that was part yeah. of the plan. Oh, excellent. So I don't I don't have to suck up too much. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, and again, I, I hate to keep sort of harping on this recurring theme, but once again, I'm 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 impressed and I'm amazed you guys say I'm taking that money and investing it right into, uh, the development, uh, wanting to build a business out of this. If I'd won any kind of money, uh, in, in high school, I just, I would have bought a fairly decent car and that probably <laughs> would have been, uh, would have been the end of it. So, so my gosh, once again, you know, good for you guys. Um, Thank you. so for, uh, for both of you and, uh, uh, Justin, let's start with you. What, uh, what are your personal plans for uh, education after after high school, careers, things like that? And then, and then we'll have Thomas answer the same question.
3: Um, I'm thinking of being either a mechanical engineering or systems engineering uh, undergrad. Um, and uh, I've taken classes at the University of Pennsylvania over the summer before, and um, they have like a, a dual degree program in engineering and business that I'd be interested in attending. Um, Excellent. And I'm also applying to, you know, like a wealth of other schools as well. That's terrific, are you gonna to learn to fly? Or keep learning to fly rather? Yeah, I hope so, um, especially like this summer, um, as soon as, you know, the first semester of senior year is over, we're all pretty busy right now. Sure. Um, but as soon as we can free up the time, we love to continue uh, working toward those licenses.
0: That's great, and how about you, Thomas?
2: Uh, for me, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I think, at this point, I, I think it's it's my responsibility to join the military. So I'm applying to military academies right now. Um, and I think depending on where Remora is, and I guess, how how the chips fall, I, I'd really, really like to, to join the Navy or Army at this point. Do you have an interest in flying? I do, I do. But, um, you know, uh, at this point, um, with Remora and with, with the, with the CubeSat and just in general, my, my, my time in high school has been very shifty. And I think I learned a lot about, uh, how, like what I want to do. Sure. Um, but so at this point I'm, I guess I'm applying to a diverse set of schools and, um, we'll see, you know, at this point I really haven't made any, um, clear distinctions or close any doors yet. So I I, I can't really give a definitive answer to that other than. I want to continue with Ramora, but I also want to serve. Well, I can I can tell
0: you uh, unequivocally. I mean, just spent uh, the last twenty five minutes or so with you two gentlemen that I have zero doubt uh, that whatever you decide to do, you will be of uh, you will be of great service. Uh, whether that's uh, on the on the innovation side, uh, directly in the armed forces, some combination of both. Um, you guys have. Uh, you guys have nothing to worry about, and you're the type of young people that uh, that I always enjoy talking to because it makes me feel a lot better about uh, about the future and about where things are going.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
1: So we just have uh, one one more closeout, and and as as high school students like yourself who are uh, interested and 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 uh, I should say not only interested in aviation but but living it. Uh, not only flying, but creating uh, in the world of aviation. Well, why is it important for people your age to get into aviation?
2: So I, I think the the industry answer, I guess the, the obvious answer is we're coming up on a shortage of pilots. So, I mean, I think economically speaking, it, it would make sense for some people to, to join the pilot workforce. Um, but I think just purely from a, a love of aviation point of view, I think it's very important that the aviation community embraces young people because, I mean, first of all, they're the future, and and second of all, I think um, I think every every young person has something to gain from being inside the cockpit. In the same way that um, people play sports, Justin and I bo- both play sports, and um, I think we had a lot to learn in terms of teamwork and things like that. But I think in the in the cockpit, there's not really a substitute for um, Something's not exactly working correctly in the cockpit or maybe your, you know, uh, one of your sensors or one of your avionics seems a little finicky and you got to solve that problem inside the cockpit. And there's not really any chicken out. And I I think that uh, that combined with the, the, you know, the intense rigor that it takes and discipline that it takes to actually fly a plane, I think those two things combined, um, you know, lends itself to like a really great growing experience for young people
1: yeah like how i've been interested in aviation all my life and i just can't uh can't imagine loving something as much as as aviation and and i don't know i don't uh I, I, there are some great career fields out there but i can't just imagine someone out there loving accounting like i love aviation <laughs> or sorry, loving uh, exactly. you know <laughs> some other- career field like that and and i think uh i i totally agree with you that it's there's uh there's definitely a deep seated Uh, love that, that someone can really get, it's being
0: bitten by the bug as
2: people say. And it's not really something you can explain that well to somebody else.
0: Absolutely. Sure. So uh, as we, uh, as we wind down this episode, um, you know, there's, there's three of you guys on the team and uh, you know, we're so grateful uh, to you, Thomas and you, Justin for joining us today, but, uh, but, you know, Max couldn't be here. Um, is there anything uh, anything rude or insulting you'd like to say about Max, <laughs> while he's not here to defend himself?
2: Or anything nice? that too. I guess you could go that <laughs> route if you wanted. Justin, you got anything?
3: Oh, he has this—he has this terrible, uh, terrible uh, habit of we communicate through like a group chat on <laughs> on, on on Facebook. Yes, and he just—he just. He just he sort of lurks, you know, he'll see a message <laughs> that's sort of a general message. Really? You know, he'll just like read it and then not respond.
0: So you're saying he could actually be on the show right now, just not saying yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, he might maybe. be lurking I mean, right that now. That would be
3: characteristic of him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Max. <laughs> well, Now right. he knows to hop on the next podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah, he's going to show up at, yes. uh, and, and fight back. But uh, seriously, all, all due respect to uh, to all, all three of you for it. Yes. So with that, uh, I want to thank uh, you two guys again for uh, for joining us today. Uh, many thanks to uh, Mac Dixon, private investigator, for mm-hmm. doing a terrific job filling in as host on this end. This is our uh, uh, his first time as host, and our first time doing this as sort of a two-man operation instead of the normal three. Uh, and uh, thanks, as always, to everybody out there listening, everybody who gives us feedback and sends email and comments on the Facebook posts and the blog posts. Uh, reviews are uh, always appreciated and, and welcomed. They mean, uh, they mean a lot to us. It makes a, uh, it makes a real difference around here we, as we decide uh, how often to do these and that sort of thing when we see what that feedback is. So with that, we'll leave this until next time when you're cleared to land on the Green Dot.